Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Hey lovely people, I'm so happy to be with you in your ear holes on this rainy autumnal day. If you're listening to the podcast in real time, the weather has definitely changed here in the UK. The autumn duvet is on, ash has just bled the radiators this week. We are moving into soup and pie season and I'm okay with that. (laughs) So let's talk about expectations and unconditional love. That's what today's episode is all about. And it's been on my list of like podcast episodes to cover because it can almost be the preemptive strike that really helps us to come to terms with living from our healthy adult self, like living from this place of real discernment and accountability and self-compassion. It's a really kind of positive place to live from. And I think sometimes it's hard to do that when we're focused on our own stuff and sometimes a little easier when we look at relationships. So we're going to talk about relationships and the way we show up to them, moving from a place of having a lot of expectations and conditions and into more unconditional love, what that actually means. I want to start with some principles, like three principles that have really helped me to kind of come into this this way of being in relationships. So the first is that everyone we have a relationship with can help us to get to know ourselves. Like we're just mirrors for each other, all of us. And secondly, the people we don't like can be our greatest teachers if we let them. And I want to talk about how to do that very practically today. And thirdly, and possibly the most controversial, no one needs to change for you to feel better. So just notice how they land for you. And if you're like, oh, I don't know about that one, Sass. <laughs> I want to talk about how these principles came about for me and how I've sort of used them to get to accessing more unconditional love. So the more clients that I worked with who were experiencing self-doubt, the more I found that the big risks that self-doubt tries to protect us from are often related to other people. So if you think about the big risks, rejection, disappointment, conflict, criticism, judgment, these are risks that are relational in nature, right? And so for many of us, myself included, We've spent a lot of time working really bloody hard to avoid experiencing any and all of those risks. And the result of that is that we tend to create a whole lot of beliefs for ourselves about who we need to be to preserve our relationships, right? To keep that sense of belonging to other people. Now, that also means that we tend to extend those beliefs and project them onto other people and decide who they need to be. So this means that most of us are carrying around a whole list of unspoken, unwritten 
expectations and judgments for other people. And very few of us, as a result, are getting to experience unconditional love. We don't give or receive unconditional love. Our love is riddled with conditions. We have expectations and judgments and conditions for other people, rules for how they need to behave. And once I realized this very uncomfortable truth for myself, I couldn't unsee it. And honestly, it was pretty surprising because I have a huge capacity for keeping other people happy. It's a groovy mix of upbringing and conditioning and astrology, right? My blueprint for my personality has always leaned in the direction of people-pleasing. And I found that I had a huge list of conditions for my life partner, Ash. And I could sense, before we got married, so this was, gosh, nearly 15 years ago, that my sense of closeness to him was directly tied to whether or not he was complying with my conditions. So we did this really dumb thing and did a quiz before we got married about, you know, the 35 questions you need to ask yourself before you get married or some something like that. And it was like I started to get some insight into all of these expectations that I had. And every time he did or said something that didn't go along with these unspoken expectations, I would feel frustrated and unloved and distant and I would blame him for not behaving in the way that I wanted. So my happiness was really tangled up with what he did or said. And Hearing this, you might think, well, in any relationship, we need boundaries and we need agreements and sure thing. I totally understand that. But there are two things that happen when we put conditions on our love. Firstly, we don't often even know that we're doing it, right? So these are not intentions. They're often unconscious beliefs about who other people need to be. And secondly, When we put our happiness in the hands of another human, we set both of us up to fail, right? Because the conditions we have for them are unconscious. We never tell them, this is what I need from you. And even when we do, what we're saying is, you must act in this way in order for me to be happy. So really understanding this has dramatically transformed my relationships. Because we have no control over what other adults do. None. Other people can pretty much do whatever they like. And we can spend years wanting someone to be different and then judging them for not meeting our expectations. But this is also true for you. Like you get to do what you want. There's nothing you ever have to do. And there's nothing that anyone else has to do for you. And when we get in a relationship for the unconscious purpose of having our needs met by one other person, all we do is create a really unhealthy dynamic where we're both playing games in order to get our needs met. And it's not just romantic relationships, right? It's friendships and collegiate relationships. It's online strangers um, on the internet relationships. It's your sister-in-law, your neighbours, it's everybody. 
We have rules and expectations and conditions for other people and when they fail to live up to these, we judge them. And all this looks like is, well, I need you to do this or say this or be this for me to be happy. But like I said, no one wins because we don't even know we're doing this usually. It's like not an intention. It's an unconscious desire and unconscious belief and when we put our happiness in the hands of someone else they are responsible for how we experience our emotions so no one wins and I've sort of started to see that I don't really think this is love I think it's a lot of power games and coercion and manipulation and people pleasing and it's horrible to realize that you're participating in that So we can't control another person. Adult humans can do what they want. And when they do, you get to decide how you want to respond. But when your happiness is dependent on another person, you've given too much of yourself away and that just leads to a ton of resentment, a ton of questioning. What are we even doing here? I don't don't feel it. So how do we get from this place of expectations to unconditional love? The first most uncomfortable step in my experience is to get clear on all the conditions that you have for other people in your life. So actually do that work of making the unconscious conscious. What is it you want them to do differently than what they're doing? And why do you want them to behave in that way? And make a list. Write your conditions for each person. Just think about someone you wish they would change. And write in detail what you want this person to do or say differently. And write down why you want them to behave this way. So I found my journal from just before we got married. And I had written my list out for Ash. And I needed him to do a lot of things that he wasn't doing. I needed him to be more affectionate and to tell me exactly what he loved about me on a regular basis and to feel his feelings, but not too much. And to love his job and be more charming and extroverted and to be interested in the same movies and books as me and to go to bed at the same time as me. I mean, the list was pretty big. And I look back now and I just think, whoa, I was so easy to love back then. (laughs) But the thing is, like the reason that I wanted him to be different, the reason that we all want people to be different is because of what we believe we'll feel when they change. So if Ash had met my expectations, then I could decide he loves me enough for me to feel safe, to feel cherished, to feel good about our relationship. But if he didn't meet my expectations, then I get to decide that he's failing me. He isn't right for me. And I can blame him for this not working out. And then I get to feel rejected and let down and abandoned. And notice that in both scenarios, my feelings are a direct result of his actions. But that's not what causes our feelings. There's a missing step in between. So what happens is, Other people do and say things, and we interpret what they do, what they say. And that interpretation creates some kind of meaning that feeds into our beliefs. It's what we believe that creates our feelings. So if I miss that crucial step 
If I believe that what someone else does has all the power to create my feelings, I'm sunk. Then I'm just reacting to everyone else's whims and their behaviours. So the only way I can feel good is if someone else changes, and that's just no way to live. But understanding that there is this missing step, we've got to see whatever they're saying, whatever they're doing, the way they're behaving, we interpret that and we make meaning from that. We create beliefs from that. That's what creates our feelings. Like understanding that that step, that concept has changed every single relationship since. Because when we're willing to take responsibility for how we're interpreting anyone else's actions, when we're willing to take responsibility for what we believe, I think we we kind of crack a new level of adulthood, right? Seriously, we should get a cape and a crystal for this kind of stuff. Once I made this really important breakthrough, like my first response to that was to cringe at all the ways I'd acted really bloody crazy to try and get other people to behave the way I wanted. And even now, I still find myself from time to time all tangled up and trying to control the way someone is because I think that's what will make me feel better. And I have to come back to the truth. Oh, I can't control what anyone else does. And anyone else's actions doesn't create my feelings. It's the meaning I'm giving their behavior. That's what generates my feelings. And then I can remind myself, no one has to change for me to feel okay. So Ash doesn't have to be more affectionate for me to feel loved. Like I can let him know that I love affection and I can show him affection. And whether he shows me affection or not, I can choose all the ways that this man loves me, despite my craziness (laughs) and the way he shows me he loves me in ways that he feels comfortable with. Right, equally, my friends don't have to respond to any of my WhatsApp messages. I can message them and if they read it or not or respond or not, I can choose to believe all the ways that our friendship is good and safe and fun. No one that follows me on Instagram has to like my posts, right? I can post away and experiment with different types of posts. I can choose to believe that what I'm saying is helpful and that this is a necessary and fun part of my business. So this works in every kind of relationship. Now, if you're thinking, well, hang on a second. Are you telling me I shouldn't tell my sister-in-law that it's her year for family Christmas dinner, which she always forgets? Are you telling me I shouldn't tell my lover that I want us to both be monogamous? Um, I shouldn't expect my friend to show up to this gathering. And yeah, of course, like have requests. Make requests of people. Ask for what you want all the time. I don't think we do this enough, right? We shilly-shally around what we want and we try to be as inoffensive as possible because patriarchal conditioning usually. So totally ask for what you want. The key here is to do it without expectation. Do it without conditions. Practice loving that person unconditionally with loving detachment. Don't tie your emotional well-being to whatever they choose to do. Because then what happens is if they don't meet your expectations, your conditions, your rules, you allow their behavior to run your emotions. And that's when we end up blaming and punishing people in ways that 
create really murky relationships. Instead, you ask them and you take responsibility for how you feel whenever they do what they're going to do. And sometimes you tell them about how you feel, right? Of course, you remind your sister-in-law that it's her turn for Christmas dinner. And if she buggerizes around and makes it clear that she has no intention of hosting the family, then you get to decide what you want to do. You ask your friend to come to your party and if she's an hour late or makes up an excuse last minute and that doesn't sit right with you, then you get to decide what you want to do. You say to your lover, I really want us to be monogamous. And if they agree and then renege on that agreement, you get to decide what you want to do. Right? People are constantly showing us who they are. And look, sometimes other people do things that we believe is wrong, awful, a betrayal, it's disrespectful, it feels crap. Sometimes it's heartbreakingly crap. And it takes time to process those feelings, to resolve our feelings, to decide what we want to do. But when someone behaves in ways that are in conflict with your values, that you find you're constantly making more effort than them, if you're exhausted by the relationship, you get to decide what to do, right? You get to decide who you spend your time with based on what you think and feel in their presence. So you can't control what they think or feel or say or do, but you get to decide based on what you think and feel in their presence. And this is equally true for you, right? So let's say you have a friend who has an expectation that you'll WhatsApp most days and you're happy with a message whenever there is something to say or share. So you've got expectations of the friendship that don't match theirs. Right? You both have unconscious beliefs about what a friendship is that makes sense to both of you. They just don't match. But we expect other people to honour our expectations. So maybe she starts messaging more and you start avoiding her messages altogether. And before you know it, you're like, oh, the vibes are off, I'm out. And there's this unresolved resentment, right? And I've had friendships end because they wanted me to be responsible for their feelings, right? Where I just couldn't meet their needs, their expectations for who a friend should be, right? But imagine if you said, hey, I notice you're messaging quite a lot. I just want you to know that I probably won't respond and I won't share my stuff all the time. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to be friends with you. Is that okay? Right, imagine if you both did this, right? You let them message you and be who they are. And if you want to respond, you do. And if you don't, you don't. And you both allow each other to just show up in whatever way feels good. You make requests and if they don't want to, they say no. They make requests of you. If you don't want to, you say no. If you do, you both really love hanging out together. You just enjoy each other. You don't make any of it mean anything about you or them or the relationship. And I found that it can be really fun to talk about those differences, right? Where requests and the conditions don't match and actually have a conversation about them. I just want to give you an example. I have a beloved friend who's always late and I tend to be early because I like to get my seat with my back to the wall. I like to feel safe where I can kind of locate myself in my surroundings and come back to earth after I've traveled somewhere. But my friend tends to be about 10 to 20 minutes late all the time. 
but I don't make it mean anything about me. And one time we were in her car and driving somewhere and she just said out loud, I hate that I'm always late. What do I do about that? And it was this really hilarious conversation about her relationship with time and what it was like to love her regardless. And it's so funny because now she's on time mostly. Sometimes she's early and I so appreciate that she is choosing to do this as a way of her honoring our time together. And if she's late, I've got my book. Who cares? I love her, right? I would wait to get to spend time with her. That's unconditional love. It's the best. It's so freeing. So look, I highly encourage you to think about the expectations and the conditions that you have for your people. Just notice any stories you might be telling yourself. If my partner was different, I would feel loved. If my boss was a whole other human being, I would enjoy my work so much more. If my mother-in-law lived another 5,000 miles away, I could finally feel happy in my choices, right? Just notice that you're giving responsibility for your happiness to other people. And sometimes these are the least qualified people on the planet to give this job to. And they can be your greatest teachers if you allow them to show you all the ways that you are just relinquishing your power. I really hope this helps you. I think it can be such a fundamental shift for how we show up with our people. It can be so freeing. So let me know how you get on. I want more unconditional love for all of us. Take care. Hey, if you're ready to explore more about your self-doubt, I want to invite you to take the Self-Doubt Archetypes Quiz. It's totally free and you'll uncover your particular flavour of self-doubt. It turns out self-doubt is not this amorphous cloud of woe. There are 12 different types of self-doubt and finding out yours is the first step to getting a handle on it. Just head over to www.sasspetherick.com backslash archetype for all the details.